Welcome to Living Wisely, Living Well, Timeless Wisdom to Enrich Every Day with Asha Nayaswamy, one of the spiritual directors of Ananda Palo Alto and a founding member of Ananda Worldwide. If you enjoy this content and are inspired by the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda and his disciple Swami Kriyananda, find Asha on YouTube, Facebook, all podcast directories, and her website, ashajoy.org. Living Wisely, Living Well, aphorism for... July 12th. Most of the pains we experience, whether physically or mentally, are distressing only if we so define them. Think of them as events merely, of only slight concern to you. Ha ha ha. Okay. Remove yourself mentally from all outer experiences, and you'll be able to bear pain and suffering with relative ease. I. <laughs> When I was reading this just over before I read it out loud, I thought, my God, living wisely and living well is not for sissies. There should be like a little thing here, you know, like gird your loins. <laughs> you know, this is not your, your like comforting book of aphorisms. This is a clarion call to battle. Now, yeah, it is. And that's why the path of self-realization is not crowded. Let's just put it that way. And Swamiji, he just, he never minces words. He, may, he says it beautifully, but he just says it straight. This is where we're going. Now, this is a good idea to me. Um, one of my friends created a, a, an acronym that he really liked. It was called Spy Dog. He said, solve every problem in the direction of God. And that doesn't mean you can get all the way to God. That was, it was very important. The word direction was right. But if we know where we're finally going, even from the beginning, we can develop the right attitudes. And when Swamiji was asked once, you know, what is the most important thing on the spiritual path? He actually said one of the most important, right attitude. And right attitude is not right accomplishment. It's having the right attitude toward what you're doing. Because if you have the right attitude, you will constantly self-correct in the right direction. And every time you have a difficulty, you will keep shifting in the direction that you're trying to go. Solve every problem in the direction of God. Instead of comforting yourself with, with lower ideals or lower um, possibilities, which people do all the time. And that doesn't mean, you know, I mean, it's the kind of thing like, yeah, of course, but I mean, who could really do that? It's like, it's perfectly natural for you to be angry. Of course you should be angry. Everybody gets angry. Well, it might be unavoidable for you to get angry. But that does not mean it's perfectly natural for you to get angry. It means that I haven't yet achieved what I know I must achieve. I'm walking up the mountain and I'm not that high on the mountain when it comes to this one or, or that one. So here Swami says, most of the pains we experience, whether physical or mental, um, are distressing only if we so define them. Think of them as events merely that are only of slight concern to you. Master has this statement, which I have always loved because, excuse me just a second, I have to adjust my position here. Let me just, there we go. Um, which I have always loved because, especially the first time I read it, it was just so uh, absurdly incom uh, incomprehensible to me. He said, people make a mistake when they think that everything that happens to them concerns them personally. And I somehow read that when I was very new on the path, and I thought, 
well, who else would it concern? <laughs> it was just like, I couldn't even comprehend, I couldn't even get a picture of what he was trying to say. But of course, what, what's trying to be put forward here is that the jiva, the eternal part of ourselves, that's part of the divine, that is the, the unique singularity of consciousness that is the consistent thread through all our incarnations is Satchitanandam. It's ever-existing, ever-conscious, ever-new bliss. And it identifies itself for a time with whatever limited experience it's having, with this particular body, which then gives me a gender, a nationality, a set of relationships. But, but the actual essence of who I am, the self-definition of who I am as a jiva, these things merely swirl around, around my, my true self. And the degree to which I lose my identity with the eternal part of me and define myself by the temporary is when I, I open myself up to suffering. And so this is what Master means when, and this is what Swami means here, think of them as events merely of only slight concern to you. Now the operative word is you. Who is you? Most of us say, I am I have this name, I have this body, I have this gender. But the real answer is, I am the infinite spirit. In the, in the 60s and the 70s, especially when, when the drug, drug experience influence was strong in the spiritual movement. I mean, once a person came to Ananda, and we, well, among other things, we had a very strict rule against all what are called now recreational drugs but consciousness-altering drugs, although many of the people who came to Ananda at least had touched into that world, and often, even though it's not true spirituality, it would catalyze people to search the real thing. I have to say for myself that was true. I never really liked the drug experience, but the first time I took a substance that changed my consciousness, I mean, I really only needed one, because it was, oh my gosh, I can change my consciousness. And it was like, that's what I've been looking for this whole time. Of course, the drug experience, it wasn't even pleasant, and it wore off, but it told me that it could be done. And so meditation then, true spirituality becomes the real path because it takes effort and discipline to really change your consciousness. But now let me think, what, the, what was the point I was trying to say? Hmm. Hmm. Oh, yes. There was a lot of really funny bunny stuff that would happen. There was this girl who came and stayed at Ananda for a while. She always called herself this unit of consciousness. This unit of consciousness would prefer to have the French toast. <laughs> she would never use the pronoun I. Now, Ananda Moima uh, refers to this body. She does not use the pronoun I. But that's because she does not identify with the body, so she has to refer to this girl identified completely with herself. But I mean, I admired her. We actually enjoyed her. And this unit of consciousness became a very fun phrase that we would use. But this is unit of consciousness. That's what I am. And a certain amount of events swirl around me, but they, they don't really have anything to do with me. A friend of mine um, gave shelter once to a very highly advanced spiritual teacher who circ karmic circumstances left him Somewhat, without, somewhat friendless and alone. And so my friend took care of him. And he, but the man was very highly evolved. And my friend said it was fascinating to watch him go through what, by any measure, was a really tough time. 
He said, but it wasn't so much that he was going through a hard time as that a hard time was going through him. You see how different that is? He was the same, but this hard time was roiling through him. Swami Kriyananda said, I never identify with Swami Kriyananda. I consider Kriyananda to be an event for which I am responsible. And that's a fascinating way to think about it. Because you have to participate in your own life. You can't just become a zombie and sit there. You are responsible for your life. You're responsible for your family. You're responsible for providing shelter. You're responsible for serving God. But these things don't, it says here, don't concern you. But another way of saying it is they don't define me. They're responsibilities, not self-definition, because I am Satchitananda. I am just a unit of consciousness. I am a jiva on this journey of many, many experiences, and they swirl around me. And some of them are uplifting, and some of them are downward pulling. Some of them are, are beautiful in the extreme and open and thrill my heart, and others are not. Others are an expression of the light being deeply shadowed. And, you know, these things happen. People are betrayed. Hard times come and may come more. You see it in the newspapers and on the television. You know, millions of people have been displaced in recent times by war and climate change and um, evil, just evil, you know, evil unfeeling, terrible forces that cosmically are just being given a chance. So a chance to express themselves as we transition from Kali into Dwapara Yuga. These are very um, uncertain times, insecure times. And it's, it's not merely true, it's also intensely and immensely practical for us to develop the ability to be just a step away from everything that happens and not allow ourselves to disappear into the events around us. We might have to participate in them. We might have to be responsible for them and make very tough decisions, but we don't want to to lose ourselves into them. And so Swami uses the phrase, are distressing only if we so define them. You know, he says, remove yourself mentally from all outer experiences. Now, he's not saying to dissociate yourself. You know, there's a lot of ways that this is not the right kind of teaching. But you just have a a little bit of a step back. Just a little bit of a step back. So you live also in the observer. It's very interesting to me. You know, just, Swami's exactly right. A great deal of the distress we feel is because we don't want to do it. And so we're resisting all the time because we're defined by it. And when that self-definition changes, we get upset. But if they're just events that are moving around us and we observe that what is going to be required of me today, what is going to be required of me tomorrow, because I am responsible, I have to make decisions, I have to behave in an honorable manner. But always there's just a little bit, my true home is with God. The Indian teachers would often talk about because often um, the servants in a house would actually come from a certain village. And that village might be a little bit distant away. And that would be where their home and their family was. And either they would come every day or they would come and spend the week or they would live in your home for several months and then they would go back to their village. 
and uh, Ramakrishna often used the example. He said, when they're in, when the servant is serving the master, the the one who is employing him, he takes care of the master's home as if it were his own. But the servant always knows that his true home is somewhere else. And and Ramakrishna would use that as to explain how we have to live in this world. You know, my true home is with God. My true home is, is the, the d- spark of divinity that is unconditioned by any of these ephemeral experiences. And some part of me always knows that. Um, I, I mentioned in a previous uh, aphorism I was describing, when, when Swami talked about never losing his inner peace, and I made the statement that I never saw Swami rattled. I never saw Swami define himself by what was happening around him. But he certainly was committed to what was happening. That's the word I want. To be a little bit mentally removed does not mean that you're not committed, because you're responsible. But to be responsible and have to act responsibly is not the same as allowing your happiness to be conditioned by it or or allowing yourself to be defined. So I never saw Swami rattled because I never saw him forget who he really was. He was always Master's disciple doing Master's work. And there was always a piece of him also that felt, well, if Master sends this to me, that's fine. And we were talking about that in that aphorism, that contentment that comes from just accepting God's will. Now, is this easy? No, it's not easy. It's simply not easy. There's no way of saying that it's easy. And it doesn't come just by declaring it to be true, by calling yourself a unit of consciousness. <laughs> Although the affirmation charmed me at the time and still does. You know, why not remind yourself? It's a little bit of an affectation. It's easier just to say, I would prefer the French toast. But nonetheless, it's always good that some part of you knows that the I that's speaking is not the real me. That the real me doesn't need French toast and doesn't really care whether I get oatmeal or dry cereal. It just doesn't matter. These things don't really concern me. And that, that's the way you think about it. This is all just a play of light and shadow. And I have to look at it and I have to commit myself with appropriate energy, but it passes through me. It's never me. And this is where Swami says, and it's just very interesting. And I will read it again now at the end point here. Most of the pains we experience, whether physically or mentally, are distressing only if we so define them. I want to put here that Swamiji used to not take Novocaine when he had dental work, which is just even now it makes me shudder. But he said uh, he just would not define it as pain. He would just define it as a sensation. I've never had the nerve to try it. I can't even come close. But occasionally I'll have a cramp in a muscle. And when I was having, recently, when I was having some cramps, I just tried to think, why do I think this is a terrible sensation? It's really just a sensation, and it was actually extremely interesting, the extent to which it just became a sensation. So so a great deal of it is how we define it, because we are not any of these limited conditions. We are eternal bliss with God. The events pass through us, going on. Think of them as events as events merely of only slight concern to you. Remove yourself mentally from all outer experiences and you'll be able to bear pain and suffering with relative ease. Because you see, 
not only are these not easy and, and demanding, but you see the promise that comes with embracing these truths and gradually learning to live up to them is infinite in its joy. God bless you. Our work is made possible by inspired listeners. So if you feel to support Asha, you can make a one-time donation or for unique members-only content, subscribe through Patreon. Blessings and thank you.